Welcome to the podcast. Join Nate and Mike, lifelong friends, as they discuss stocks and investing. The name says it all. This This is is Two Buds Buds Talk Talk Stocks. Stocks. All opinions expressed by Nate and Mike are their own. Please do not buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. Welcome to the pod. What's going on, Mike? Hey, how you doing, man? Doing well. So last time we talked, we went down memory lane and we were talking about stocks that were on the Dow and then got replaced with stocks, right? Yes. And before we get too far into that, uh, I'm not going to get far into that. I, well, we at least maybe we should start off with some some corrections. We, we are all about giving uh, proper information. I was going to say this is more so for me. We referred last week to Raytheon as being the company that was uh, that was that was on the Dow, but it was actually United Technologies, Who and then they Raytheon. bought Raytheon. So we kept saying Raytheon, but for the listeners out there, it's technically United Technologies was the one on the Dow. It was bought out by Raytheon, became Raytheon Technologies. Got a lot of hate mail for that. Yep, and then um, we spoke of Navistar like it was a has been company. Uh, I looked up Navistar, still out there trading at $48 a share. So we may have given the impression that if you get removed from the Dow, that means your career as a publicly traded company is over. And that is not necessarily the case either. So Navistar, go out there. Here, and I appreciate you uh, admitting your faults. I haven't had made a mistake since uh, October of 87, maybe. Maybe it was 91. So last week we talked about American Can, right? Yeah. And we ended the podcast and the whole time I'm like, someone, something, and if you know the answer, don't say it, okay? Something, American can, American can, cans, American can, Americans. What's replaced American cans? I use cans. People still use cans, 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 Coke cans, cans, whatever. I was obsessed with cans. All I could think was cans, 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 right? I'm like, there has to be a player out there. Again, don't say it if you know, that is a big presence in cans maybe has a market cap of 25 billion, maybe pays a dividend. I don't know, but it's gotta be out there all week. I was inundated, cans, American, cans, cans. It's recycle day, cans. Finally, my I'm losing my mind, right? So I said, you know what? I'm gonna sit down. I'm gonna watch some hockey. I'm gonna take my mind off of cans, right? So I'm watching the first game, right? Get through the game, right? Drinking out of a can, right? Still obsessed. Next, the Colorado Avalanche are playing the St. Louis Blues. Okay. Do you know where the Colorado Avalanche play at? They don't they play at the uh, same place where the uh, Nugs play at? They just uh, right. What's the, the name floor? of the What's the name of the arena? It's not McNichols anymore. It's Pepsi. Pepsi. It's Center? not Pepsi Center. Anymore. <laughs> they just changed it. And do you know what they changed it to? Um, American Can Company. Yeah. Ball. Oh. Ball, ball arena so i'm sitting there watching the abs game they don't just make can, mason can, jars, can. Huh? ball arena comes on do you know about the company ball bll symbol yes i know that they also make mason jars in fact one time i um um i was out my girlfriend and i were out for a for birthday we were in uh boulder we had gone to a concert we were out celebrating and uh we met two guys that actually were international salespeople. For the ball corporation they were do you realize us, but yes I, here, all, at your house pick up a can and tell me if ball does not distribute it coke diet coke 
beers, every any Red Bull, you pick up a can, Ball is the distributor. So like I got a Diet Coke can right here. And in the bottom corner, Ball. So not only does Ball do all the cans, which you would think like Coke, Diet Coke. I mean, the reason why I'm differentiating Coke and Diet Coke is people don't realize that Coke is the number one soft drink in the world. Diet Coke is the number two soft drink in the world. You know that? Coca-Cola has the one and the two. Yep. KO. So now I'm actually looking at Ball. They do aerospace as well, too. Well, they also the mason jars, too. They make those, you those the mason jars, man. Dude, have you not seen that's maybe just because I have people that send us uh, salsas and stuff and they put them in the in the ball jar. So that's actually yeah. how I knew about it. But as soon as you said ball, I was like, this makes perfect sense. If you can make glass mason jars, you can probably make aluminum and tin cans, right? So yes. now you've got to look. Let's see here. Uh, Modelo, ball. Diet Coke, ball. Red Bull, ball. Speaking Try to two- find a can. That doesn't have ball on it. Yes. Uh, another side note: who uh, who makes Modelo? You know who owns Modelo? Um, it probably says on that. I do know probably. this. It's, it's um, Dos Equis is the same company. Yeah. Um, um, and is it, Di- um, is it Diageo or is it Molson or Bud? It's, it's not Diageo. I should know this one. It's got to be. It's Molson Coors. Then I think. Is it? Let's see if we can look it up. Yeah. I or should know this answer. Or it's it's Bud. It's one of those three, right? There's really only three players. Talk about Monopoly. I'm surprised that all those alcohol companies can exist. Diageo, man, most people don't know this, but in Kentucky, Diageo actually owns... Um, they own Jack Daniels. You going with the stat right where it's actually distilled that you can actually not even drink it there because it's a dry county? Is this... Oh, this is, this yeah, is a tidbit, so. Yes. So, um, who owns Modelo? I'll look that up. But anyway, I, I digress here. That my whole point of and my whole intro, um, we should, yeah, InBev, of course, Anheuser Busch. All awesome. right, now let's go down this rabbit hole. You made me do it. Can you <laughs> name all the companies that InBev owns? Let's see if I can figure this out here. Well, let's do this a different way. Can you? Can you name just five? Because I'm going to start right now and say Bud, Bud Light, Corona, Modelo, and uh, Dos Equis. That's five right there. Could I nail it? All right. Here's These are the companies. So before we move on down our rabbit hole of just talking stocks, I do like Ball, BLL. They pay a dividend. They're trading at $82. They're off their 52-week high. I just like the play, and then we'll, we'll have some fun and start talking about in stocks. This is as long as we're two buds talking stocks. You just made me think of something. We're going to go back to, to, to dividends, too. I, I want to I wanna run something by you when it comes to uh, dividends. Is it Disney and no dividend? <laughs> no, but that brings me to another point. I was just like, you're just like, uh, I do research on the stocks, but you didn't know that Disney cut the dividend. I'm never going to let that one down. But before I can talk about, let me just wrap up on ball. What I like about ball is, look, we talk a lot of tech. Tech got killed last week, you know, but we're talking a lot of Amazon and Netflix and the hot tech stocks and crypto and all. Ball is just a good old fashioned aerospace company that also makes canned goods. 
that's probably recession proof that pays a dividend. And it's not going to be a heavy hitter that is going to be maybe on the Kager list or anything like that. But if you just want to just kind of boring dividend paying stock that is going to be around regardless of what tech does or Bitcoin or Uber or what any of these what San Francisco produces companies, BLL is it. And I think about, I'm thinking about adding some to my position. Well, uh, do you even one better? I mean, how do they transport all those aluminum cans and those tin cans and those I glass cases? Old Dominion, Dominion freight line. line. That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> yeah, a little, yeah, isn't that to call a little pin action there? A little twofer? I do like, so my thing is we've talked about this in other uh, episodes. I sold my Exxon. With the Exxon, I've already bought Metafast, which by the way, I bought a 226, trade a 315. Not you, you uh yeah that's only three episodes in a row now you but you've made that known <laughs> and then when it goes down i don't talk about it yeah. and then like let's not talk about pen okay <laughs> and then i bought uh netflix and then i'm thinking a little old d old yep. dominion freight line and a little bll bulb i'm still thinking about it uh, um, it now, did I cut you off or did you want to talk a little? I, I did want to ask actually something before we go back to embed, why we still have uh, dividends on the, uh, on the brain. I was just, uh, I was just talking about this with, um, with my girlfriend, we're talking dividends and it made me think, I forgot about this, but I'd heard this before and I've heard this from, uh, from uh, Warren Buffett. So this, this doesn't make me a word Buffett basher. This is actually me probably being more on uh, aligned with him is that he has to take that he doesn't like dividends because it's technically a double taxation, right? When the company takes cash off their balance sheet and pays it to uh, shareholders, they have to pay corporate taxes on it. Then you get it in your brokerage account. And depending on if it's a retirement one or not, you may pay taxes on it. And I never thought about this, but you maybe you want to run this by you because you you have uh, said you're a big fan of the old divvy. Does this does this change your thought on it? Would you rather see him just uh, use the cash to buy back shares, which is much more tax friendly? Well, here's that's great points. I actually didn't even think about any of that. I, I'm not dividend is the most important thing. I just kind of like a dividend, like, and I'll explain BLL for example. They're trading $82 a share. I also see that they've got good growth, but their return on assets, return on investments isn't really where I'd like it to be. Mm -hmm. So then they go straight and then they do have debt. You've talked about this. Yeah. And I love your saying. So you're 2 billion in debt. That means if you make 2 billion, you're still broke. Yeah. They have debt, which I don't like, but they could still pay the debt off, which could maybe have tax write-off implications. But then I look last but not least the dividend. So if I am a little bit on the fence, mm -hmm. I kind of like that dividend. But now I've got so many stocks that don't pay a dividend that I'm not just, don't get me wrong. I'm not all dividend because Netflix, no dividend. Mm -hmm. Probably won't ever have one. Um, let's see here. Does Disney have one? Yeah. No, <laughs> Disney, no <laughs> dividend. Uh, Amazon, no dividend. Um, Chipotle, no dividend. Chipotle, no dividend. And then, you know how you're talking about being a Buffett basher? Yeah, this was one of our fans was calling me a Buffett basher. Well, let me, let me say this part too. You know how there's class A, class B shares? Yeah. If there's fractional sharing, why do they have exactly. two different shares? So this, this makes me think this, oh, I'm glad you went down this because I had been wondering about this. So would you ever need to spin off basically another class of shares if with today's age that there's- Why would you? Shares? I get it, 1985. You don't have to do it now. Also, really, 
is there ever a reason to split a share anymore? No. So, yeah, if you're going to be able to buy a fraction of shares. Like so, Apple, why did Apple do that? I'm yeah. wondering. Why did Tesla do this? They could have just, if, if fractional shares are becoming more and more ubiquitous, then really, should you have to do it? So this goes back to the old thing that it just, is it more psychologically appealing to, to the investor to see a share that's like at $100 instead of $400? Well, it's like the old saying with the NFL, like the NFL wants to go to six, not the old saying, but excuse me, uh, an example, the NFL wants to go to 18 games, right? I'm like, well, that throws off all of the running records. It used to be 2000 rushing yards was cool, but now if there's 18 games, does 2000 mean as much? Right. What if you were Barry Sanders, you ran for 2000, but now everyone else does because there's an extra two games. It goes like the stock thing. I like, now I can't calculate the gains on it. Like I bought Apple at 96 and it used to be impress people because it'd be like, Ooh, it's trading at 400. And now they're like, well, it's trading at like 128, dude. Well, that's like, when, well, yes. The, well, then you just like, well, you divide by four and my $98 cost <laughs> yeah. basis is more like 20. So yeah, it still looks good. That's what you have to do. That's why we talk about Yahoo Finance. I like it because there's the whole column in there that does the math for you. So you can see what it looks like. It is really cool when you see something like Apple that is split so many times because even if you don't factor in dividends, it looks so low, right? With all the stock splits that they've had. Well, like you take an Apple, they don't need people to buy the stock. I mean, maybe that's why they did it. But uh, your dividend point, um, I do, I think, you know, when I was, you know, being raised, dividends, you know, in the 90s and 80s were pretty much an end all be all. You had to have a dividend or, you know, in the 80s and 90s, whether it was Coke and Procter and Gamble, and it was kind of weird not to have a dividend. And now I think it's, there's so many companies that don't have a dividend or if they have a small dividend, it's, you know, like, again, the Amazon, they're just reinvesting in the company. Mm -hmm. Um, Netflix is just reinvesting in the company. Why would we even pay a dividend? Uh, Google doesn't have a dividend. They don't have it. No, they wouldn't have a dividend. Well, the best Um, example is Buffett and Berkshire. This is, this is where I got this from is this is why he's never paid a dividend. He's like, why would I do the double taxation? I have to pay taxes on it. And then when I give you the dividend, you pay taxes on it. I can better use that money by buying back shares or reinvesting it in new businesses or whatever else. All right. Let's do uh, companies that uh, Budweiser. I love doing this. All right. We got, go ahead. Now I'm doing this. I, you have it up on your screen, so I do not. So I'm just going to, I'm going to guess and tell me if I can get, if, if I get five is what I'm looking for. All right, let's go five. I'm going to say the same way you said Coke and Diet Coke. These are two different brands. So I'm going to say Bud and Bud Light for starters. All right, I'll give it to you. I'm going to say Corona. Yep. Um, I'm going to say Modelo. We just talked about Modelo. Uh, oh my God. I got to go down to, um, there's so many. I have to go. Yeah. Yes, that's correct. And then um, I said Dos Equis before. I'm going to stick with it, but maybe Dos Equis is the one that is owned by Diageo. I, I, there's so many that like- Tecate. I'm going to go Tecate. I'll stick with it. They, the, they, they probably have their own region. Uh, let's see here. Modelo, Modelo Special, Modelo Light. Um, they do, I do not see Dukake. <laughs> we'll, we'll cut that out. Uh, cut that out, Dukake. Yeah. <laughs> Dukake. Yeah, maybe we leave that in. It just gives the uh, listeners a little All right, you ready? Wonder. Yeah. Bud Dry, Bud Extra, Bud Lime, Bud Weiser. We'll get the Bud Weiser family. We get it. Bush, Corona, Natural Light, Shock Top, Stella, yeah. 
Um, Europe has, I'll do the big ones, Bass, Bex, Lowenbrow. Have you ever seen a Lowenbrow in the last 10 years? No, that's a little 80s thing, though. Yeah, the Lowenbrow. Um, let's see here. Some big namers. Spotten. Um, so a lot of these Old ones Garden. that are... Some of these I don't recognize, and I'm guessing those are ones that are actually InBev because InBev is actually what they're based in is somewhere in Europe. I want to say Holland or something. So for and sure, then there's like a bunch in, you know, Fosters. This is in Asia Pacific. Then you've got the craft ones here, uh, Canada ones, Labatt Blue. You know what this reminds me of when old Chicago's used to have their, their, their beer wall and you can get all the different uh, beers from every different uh, country or whatever. These are basically the beers that they had. You want an Australian beer, you go for Foster's. You need a beer from Mexico, we got Tecate or whatever. But it really was still all, I mean, looking back, it's all just still Budweiser stuff, huh? Well, and then I forget, they Michelob Ultra is like a huge beer now. I'm wondering, you have Michelob Ultra, which is probably a huge market share, but who's buying the Michelob Honey Wheat, the Michelob Honey Lager? Why Ooh, not just make their I, I own... Might... I might be the guy. I used to really be a big fan of Michelob, just the the regular the. Remember the old bottle in the eighties? Yeah, like the old curved bottle. bottle. Yeah, and they put the little label around the top of it, so when you actually twisted it off, you had to break it like on a uh, on a cheap bottle of wine. But I always like Michelob. I'd probably drink their honey wheat. So AT and T bought Discovery. Yes. AT and T is some OG stock stuff. Right. Like people don't realize AT&T stands for American Telephone Telegraph. Yes. They're like they were actually spun off from Graham, who invented the telephone, actually started. No, Bell, excuse me, Bell. Alexander Graham Bell. Alexander Graham Bell started the telephone and he started his own company. And AT&T is actually part of that. It's kind of crazy to think where they're still at. And I don't like that stock at all. Well, let me give you the more because, I mean, my dad for a long time, he had worked for um, for for Ma Bell, for AT&T. But he started off working for um, one of the baby bells, right? In California, it was, um, I can't think of what it was, what it was. It was like GTE or something. And then eventually all these got absorbed into AT&T. And then in the 80s, there was, uh, they were broken up because of antitrust concerns. So then yep. they broke off into all these little regional bell companies again. Sprint? Uh, yes. Yeah, so you had long distance carriers like AT&T and like Sprint, like Verizon. And then you had your regional carriers for local. But what's really weird is that years later, all those, those little small regional bell companies started absorbing each other and started coming back together, being bought out. And then the, the final... The final end of it was that SBC bought all the remaining ones, which were basically, I think, owned by AT&T. So SBC bought AT&T. So one of those little small regional bell companies, SBC, I think it was the Southwestern Bell Company that was based out of Texas, is technically AT&T. They just kept the AT&T name because it was the more recognizable name. But you have this company in the 80s. That was spun off and all to the, and all these little regional carriers. All those re- carriers were reabsorbed, and now one of them just owns everything again. AT and T. Well, and then AT and T owns now Directv, mm-hmm. and now they own HBO Max, and now they own Discovery Plus. So 
they're them and it's so funny because you could probably do where if you actually bought them in 1928 what they'd be trading at today and what you how far you'd be up but i don't like at&t and cbs viacom if you're talking you're comparing those two companies to a netflix to an amazon um in the streamers world and it's just crazy to think that now at&t is probably more or less known for their streaming content wouldn't you just like we've talked about that with disney I would say that they have made some bad decisions over the few uh, the last few years, thinking that uh, that uh, Directv was a good purchase at uh, I don't know forty plus billion dollars that they paid for it, and what it was initially, what it's now been spun off for with the as part of the the Time Warner Warner bundle that's going with Discovery. But it got me thinking. All I keep hearing about, and I listen to a lot of other podcasts read a lot of stuff and there's people talking about how AT&T as you were saying uh, an OG stock there's people that just buy it for the uh for the dividend right and mm -hmm. the dividend recently now has which been cut in half which I thought is just why if you want the dividend why would you buy AT&T anyways is it really that that good so you know I did one of my favorite my my favorite things grab an old Google spreadsheet do some some dollar cost averaging and I just took AT&T in a bond fund, one of the Vanguard bond funds, and just did them. And when you factor in the dividend that uh, AT&T is, is paid, I think I did it over the last five years, and something like the Vanguard bond fund for their, for their intermediate bonds, surprise, surprise, the bond fund still outperformed <laughs> AT&T. It was something like AT&T annualized. The Kager was was 4.65% and intermediate term bonds, like a mix between short and long, did something like 5%. I just thought, if really, if you're at the point in your investment career where you're just trying to protect your wealth and you're just looking to invest to, to get a, uh, a steady income return, why don't you just go with a bond fund that pays a dividend every month instead of AT&T that pays a quarterly dividend? And the appreciation on the bonds are still better than what AT&T is doing. So I think i wish i could find a argument in there but i like it there's actually a pretty sweet um etf dividend etf so if you don't even know what to buy so if you're like i don't know which dividend stock to buy at&t you can actually buy the dividend stock where let's see if you can guess some of the highest dividends these are the top 10 holdings in the etf high dividend can you guess three of them Johnson and Johnson. That's number two. Procter and Gamble. That's number four. I'll, I'll give you the third one if you gave up because no, you no, just... no. Let me, let me go for it. Um, I'm on the same track. I was just trying to. Uh... Yep, you're doing good. Johnson and Johnson, P, J, J and J, PG, Procter and Gamble. I am going to say. AT&T is in there. Yeah, look at you, number 10. But so uh, it. yeah, it's not. I don't know if that's going to change now. As we just said, they cut the it's dividend. It's going to. And that's, that's why the stock was down 8%. Is, and you made a great point. And that's, again, hopefully why I preference on my dividend that, look, 10, 15, 20 years ago, was the dividend more important than it is to me today? Absolutely. Now it's more like, all right, let's see what the value is. Let's see what their earnings are. Let's see what their growth rate is. Let's see what their debt is. Then I'll see, all right, let's see if they have a dividend. 
And if they do or do not have a dividend, it's not going to make or break if I buy the stock. It's just, you know, a little yeah. bonus. See if, okay, what else do you got? Um, I'm going to put you on the spot. You want to, I can tell you the sector. Yeah. Uh, banking. It's got to be either JPM or Wells Fargo. Yeah, JP. That's one of them. And then Bank B of A is in there. Oh, yep. Um, Comcast, which Comcast owns NBC and Universal, right? So here's here's a good one. Um, AT and T. It seems like it was trying to do what Comcast was in the sense that uh, it was it's an internet player, provides internet, but then yep. Comcast has the whole media conglomerate. They own DreamWorks. They also own, uh, as you said, NBC and Peacock. And I, I want to say this is what AT&T was trying to go to when they made the the Time Warner and the DirecTV purchases, but just it never worked out. They just kept taking on more and more debt to do these and to now, after all these years, spend it off. It's There's another good example. So I included uh, Comcast in that calculation too during that same five-year period. And uh, Comcast, oh man, if you had dollar cost average in over that five years, it did something. I love like Comcast. I, I did something like seventeen percent. It's not I, even look, close. I'm not a fan of AT&T. For a, they have tons of debt. Um, I I don't like the you know the who's the one that bought AOL back then? Time Warner. They have a piece of that, right? Yeah. yeah so because they bought Time Warner, which bought God knows how much for AOL. I, I just don't like their assets that they own. You go to Comcast. You you already just said it. DreamWorks, uh, Universal Studios. Um, Peacock, NBC, Internet, well, Xfinity. Not a, I mean, that's the good inter, stuff. The internet is, is my favorite example of Comcast because when we talk about all the things that are going on with cord cutting, you hear a lot of people that are getting rid of their cable package. But when you cord cut, what are you really doing? You're just... You're going to streaming. Yeah, you're just putting something in lieu there. You're getting Netflix, you're getting Amazon, you're getting that. Well, how do you get those things without an internet connection, right? And who's providing the, yeah, the internet? Like that. So that's just just saying, it's just like Comcast is just, yeah, that's-, that's I will, I'll Comcast. even go as far as Comcast to where, um, this is how bad I am. I, I when I'm trying to, and we're not gonna talk about the, my ex- examples, but- when I'm actually looking to work for an employer, I will see what their stock performance is because I know I'm going to be gobbling tons of their shares. I'm not going to tell anyone where I work now, but like if it came down to a less paying job at Comcast versus me working at um, what's their competitor, uh, um, they, uh, Spectre, right? They've Spectrum, got like, yeah, Charter. Mm-hmm. If I knew that I could get Comcast and I'm making less money, but I get a 15% off on their yeah. stock, I probably would go to Comcast just to get the bump on the stock. That's to be honest. Point. Yeah, you could buy it right quarterly or whatever it is or with every paycheck and you're getting it at a discount to the market price for the whole period. So I, I, I do factor that in. I, I like Comcast. Uh, I like Comcast, actually. I don't know why. I'm sure I own Comcast and Comcast and some of my funds. But if you're talking AT&T, you're talking CBS, Viacom, Comcast, hands down, has got to be the best performer of probably both of them combined. Yeah. I mean, I I put... ESPN, um, would probably, you probably throw Disney as a comparable. You own They own ESPN. They're on the streaming side of it. They own ABC, right? Mm-hmm. They, Remember back in the day where like NBC was its own stock or well, like um, CBS was and cap cap cities. ABC was its own stock too. And there's, 
Uh, RCA was it right? Or uh, so this is basically how um, GE ended up with with NBC. Um, Jack Welch talks about it in his book when he was running GE. Right, he just wanted RCA because well, they made electronics right, and that GE in the '80s was all about making the electronics. We bring good things to life, right? Their their jingle. So he buys RCA, and they had no idea at first until they started looking at the books that RCA owned uh, in BC. And they're just like, okay, well, I guess we're not going to own a broadcasting network. And well, and then I remember you used to watch CNBC and they'd be like, our parent company, company. you know, you're talking dividends. People used to solely only buy GE for the dividend. Yeah. And once they started cutting that dividend, that was the demise of, of GE. Well, this is to just right back to AT&T. Is this what we're going to look at AT&T? Is that yep. they've, they've cut that dividend? But not only that, I can't remember how this deal was structured, but with the spinoff, is one of the companies still has the majority of the debt. So I don't know if it's AT&T that has a debt or if they just did unload a lot of the debt to the new company, which maybe gives AT&T room to ultimately, if they get that debt off their, uh, off their balance sheet, to start upping the dividend over time. But I was thinking the same thing in another five years time. Are we going to look at back at this moment and be like, this is the moment that AT&T stopped being that, that stalwart blue chip and everybody's dividend portfolio. It's like you said, when the moment GE cut it or got rid of it. Well, like I, I can't find a better example. 25 years ago, there was a time where people thought who was going to be a more successful rapper, Easy E or Dr. Dre. And now it's not even comparable, right? Dr. Dre is hands down, has more money, has a huge stake in Apple, et cetera, et cetera. Started beats, you name it. He's uh, probably close to being a billionaire. And it's like the same thing, Netflix and Blockbuster. At some point, people were saying, which stock would you rather own? Um, and because of all that toxic debt that Blockbuster had, not toxic, but just tons of debt yeah. that blockbuster had that's how netflix came out on top and i look i don't want us to, to turn it turn, to turn into like a short squeeze here but at t 10 15 years wouldn't you be surprised if it's bought up by another company they have a bunch of spin-offs maybe they only deal with streaming or who knows what they would be be doing it in 10 well, years. Well, that's an interesting point. Fan. If you just look at now what AT&T is it's itself now that they've basically spun off uh, Time Warner and it merged with Discovery. So really what probably is the most valuable part of AT&T? Is it their cell phone network? Is it their their internet network? I mean, it's long distance phone calls are, are a thing of the past. So it's not that. I well, think it's like um, Verizon and Sprint merged, right? But at least Verizon and Sprint, right? That's one company, right? So T-Mobile, um, T-Mobile and Sprint. So, yes. but at least all they do is cell phone. Yeah, I, I think with AT and T, you know, like you said, Comcast does it the right way, where they have a lot of assets that are worth something. But now, when you take an AT and T, and you just keep buying company and buying their debt, that's the thing with Discovery Plus. They had debt too. So here's what, and I'm totally paraphrasing based on two two separate um, interviews that I can recall, but it still gets the, uh, the gist of it. So this guy is not the, um, the CEO of AT&T anymore, but it, uh, Randall Stevens, he was the CEO during the time that I think AT&T made the purchase of DirecTV and made the purchase of Time, Time, uh, Time Warner and really wanted it to become a media conglomerate too. And his quote something was, was bashing Netflix. And what he was saying was, um, 
we are the Tiffany's of um, of uh, the streaming of, of streaming media, right? Or or what you're gonna watch? And Netflix is the Walmart of it. So he wouldn't was trying you to, rather have Walmart? This is what I was saying. So this, think about this mindset. This guy's mindset was: we want to be a higher class, and we don't want to cater to what we consider low class. Now juxtapose this to around the same time. Reed Hastings was telling Ted Sarandos and his team. We want to become HBO faster than HBO can become Netflix. And it's kind of a weird way to think about it. But when you look at where these people are now, Randall Stevens isn't even the CEO of AT&T anymore. They're spun off these things that he bought. And here's Netflix just chugging along and totally profitable. And I can't help but think, I was just like, I want to see somebody interview Randall Stevens now and just really question him like, hey, what were you thinking when you made these uh, these deals? And what do you think about Reed Hastings and Netflix now? Because one looks a lot better than the other. Well, it's like the old, uh, I know we brought, up, brought up about it before, where Blockbuster was going to buy Netflix for $50 million. Yeah, there's there's all sorts of those conversations. I mean, I've talked about Business Wars as a podcast where they did this whole series on Blockbuster and Netflix and a lot of these, these ceilings. But yeah, yeah. Um, this is the same thing we talk about. Um, did you ever hear the deal where um, Jack Dorsey with Twitter had a meeting with Zuckerberg and Facebook at one point early on? And uh, Dorsey and the, the other guy that he started with Twitter with, like, there's only one reason why Zuckerberg would call us up for a meeting, right? He wants to, to buy us. We're in agreement, right? If he, what he offers us. So it was something like if he offers a, a billion dollars, we're, we're taking it, right? And they did this joking, uh, Dorsey's talk. He's like, nah, there's no way they're going to do that anyways. So it goes into the meeting and, and Zuckerberg does offer him more than what they were asking. It was a billion dollars or more than that. And both he and his partner turned turned down uh, Zuckerberg and nothing oh, else. By the way, uh, forget to, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at yeah, Two Buds right. Talk Stocks. <laughs> that's what you call a nice segue. I like that too. You can also follow us on Instagram at Two Buds Talk Stocks. Well, and I don't know if we have to call it the easy Dr. Dre, but it was the same thing with, Circuit City and Best Buy. There was a point where people said, which one's going to be around? And here, Best Buy, they cut their yeah. stores and there, and people could say there's no way with Amazon they would still, you know, be around. And here they are crushing it. And I think that's what uh, is a testament to a really good RAND company. And that's why we've talked about before a CEO is like uh, a coach for an NFL team. So, I was, that's a, that's a really good, uh, that's a really good way to look at that. It just got me thinking that, I mean, we've talked about things like Best Buy and Circuit City and both of them in the eighties, you would have thought they would have been around or even probably a better example is at the time where AT&T was, was everything and GE in the eighties was nonstop. So if we look at what the biggest companies are today, do you still have that, uh, the, uh, the chart up of it? We can even just go from, from some of the biggest companies. If Realistically thinking about it, the largest companies of today are, I think, in order of market cap or something like Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, and, and, and Google. And if we kept going down the list, realistically, in 20 years, one of those companies may, may very well not exist, or if they do exist, will not be what it is is now so well, it's like we talked about um, American or uh, last week we talked about uh, US Steel. I mean, that it's was still, it is still around, right? But that's a good example. It's not the same one. I mean, I, I said Navistar still exists and it does its, its thing, but it's not as big. Um, 
Good. All right, you ready for that? Sorry if I cut you off, but let's do a little market cap. Okay. All right. Coming to number one, Apple. I we're gonna do still be around in ten years. And if you like it, I'm making up our own game called still be around 10 years. And if Mm -hmm. you like it, I like Apple. I bought it at 96 spun off four times. Like we talked about. So you got to divide 96 by four and your cost basis looks really good. Boom. That's it's, that's actually awesome. I love Apple. I think it'll be around 10 years. Um, I'm going to go through my thoughts. You stop me here. Microsoft. One of my biggest regrets in life is well, financially, of course, is selling Microsoft at 56, 15 years ago. Well, let me ask you this. So I'm going to stop you right there. This is, this, do you feel this way too? Because I feel my biggest mistakes investing Mm -hmm. have been not something that I've bought and has gone down, but something I bought and then sold. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So you put Microsoft in that category? Well, it's weird. I, I, and maybe this is that psychological part of stocks that we talk about so much that, you know, when the, when the market's up 10%, great. Hey, everything's high-fiving. When the market's down 10%, you know what? I'm just getting back those dividends. Yeah. Maybe it's giving me an opportunity to buy. It's okay to be down. I'm not going to look at my portfolio. I'm in for the right. long run. So it depends how you want to look at it. And whether it's, I haven't really, we talked about this earlier that because of the amount of research I do and because of the valuation I put on stocks, I don't really have a lot of losses. And when I do have a loss, I cut ties and I move on. So, right? yes. So Microsoft though is, is the one that if you held on to would have been uh, um, a multi-bagger. Well, one of the reasons why this is tells you why, look, I have a, um, sometimes when it comes to investing, it's like parenting. I can tell you so many things so often, but at the end of the day, you just got to let your kids make your own mistakes. Mm-hmm. And one of the mistakes I made is that I had Microsoft and Qualcomm. Okay. Yeah. And I thought that I had too much in the same um, uh, sphere. Sector industry. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And so I sold, ended up selling, selling both over the years. And I wish I just kept both of them. I sold Microsoft at 56. It's trading at 245. Mm-hmm. And then I sold Qualcomm at 55. I don't know even what that thing's trading at. So uh, Microsoft's probably the one that, um, you know, I was in my 20s and I made a lot of mistake in my 20s. And I probably should have, you know, learned from that and just bought back into it. But yeah, some of the biggest mistakes I've made is actually selling stocks. Yeah. Now, like we talked about Exxon before. If I sold Exxon and I bought Metafast with it, Netflix, beat ball with it, and those are well-performing stocks, then I can live with myself. And we've even talked about before, I think that's a sector that's dying. I didn't think Microsoft was a dying sector when I sold it. And who knows what I bought with it? I mean, yeah, I, I, this is the same thing. The, the, the biggest mistake in investing in mine is, is, is Tesla for the same reason. I, um, I Wait, sold you own Tesla and you sold it? Oh, ouch. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's yeah, your same thing. I mean, when I sold it, it was trading at about 200. I don't know, I haven't looked recently um but that again it was before it split four for one so even with the I, split too that hurts. yeah so it looks really bad with that but that's my biggest mistake now i since have bought back into to tesla but this is this goes back to the whole thing like you were just saying too i mean i like your analogy with uh kids since one of the things i do with the uh with the boys is i used to when they did best in stocks right i would kind of had a more i'd have veto power so to speak if 
if they pick something that I didn't think was good, I used to say, nah, not that one. But I started, I heard this again from, from somebody else on a podcast, which is saying that when you think about it, you should let the kids, if they are interested in investing, you should let them pick whatever they want, including what's bad or not. Because if they make that bad decision, they've actually probably made it with a smaller dollar amount and they've made it very early on to learn from. And when you and I made the mistakes with, with Microsoft and Tesla, I actually wish I had made that when I was uh, eight years old or whatever, and still yeah. had a, a, the yeah. lifetime to with Roblox. Mm-hmm. I, I do like your points on all these actually so far. Um, the thing I should get better at though, with Microsoft versus your Tesla is you bought back in Mike in, in Tesla I didn't buy back into Microsoft and I'm not beat myself up about it because I own so many separate different funds through 401k, through my own individual um, large cap funds and tech funds and ETFs that I've already got such a large portion of Microsoft. I'm not beating myself up. It's mm-hmm. not like it, like you and Tesla because then that'd be hard to look at myself in the mirror. <laughs> uh, moving forward. Um, Amazon, that's at uh, 1.6 trillion. Love it. Amazon. We, I think we got to skip that one. We talked too much Amazon. I don't actually own Google, Google coming in at number five, trading at 2345. Well, if you wanted to replace Microsoft, this could be the one they don't have the, um, they don't have the software aspect, but one of the things that Google does is they have a very large cloud portion, right? For cloud storage. And really when you look at where a lot of Microsoft's growth is coming from these days, is not necessarily software. I mean, it still generates boatloads and boatloads of cash, but they have their their Azure cloud portion, and uh, there's a lot of parallels between uh, between Google and uh, and Microsoft. Microsoft. I've been looking storage. more and more at, at Google, um, and I make mistakes too. I was one of those people that thought at 800 is too much. Mm-hmm. At 1900 is too much. They don't pay a dividend. I like that too, and um, I even like what the presence they have with YouTube. I mean, YouTube I mean, is not only did they, you, you brought this up so many times, but maybe I'll l- use a little bit of my leftover Exxon funds to buy Google is it's, it's a verb. Let's Google it. Yep. Let's YouTube it. No so, one's ever like, Hey, let's go find a video of it on the internet. You know, they have five separate products that have over a billion users each. What are three of them that I didn't just mention? Um, Within Google, I was yeah, just saying I, three. Pro- so Gmail has a, over a, a, a billion unique users. YouTube has over a billion unique users. Google Drive has over a billion unique users. And there's a couple others. So what I was saying is this is all under one thing, but we're talking a billion plus unique users. That's pretty impressive to be one company that right there has five products alone. And again, I'm blanking on the, the other two, but. That's- and I think. Because I don't think we'll even get through the top 10. Let's go back to the original point. Our whole reason for looking this up is what companies are still going to be thriving in 10 years. I think Google is going to be, I'd put my money on Google over a Microsoft and Facebook, which is on here because I, I, I would put Google there's that growth potential. You just listed one of the reasons why you've got the the Google, mm-hmm. you've got the YouTube diversification. Let's just be honest with Facebook. Facebook just makes money on ads, right? Am I missing something here? They just make money on ads. That's how they yep. generate revenue mm-hmm. is ads. Yep. And to me, I don't know why, but when you're taking things like, and look, I own Facebook and I don't own Google. I and mean, maybe I'm just selling myself on how I yeah. should sell Facebook and buy Google. But 
Facebook just generates money on ads. I mean, to me, that's no different than a, a, a newspaper company or a radio company or Clear Channel. No one thought Clear Channel would fade, right? They were one of the big companies out there. And it's all ad revenue driven. And now you take a look at Google and you've got the so many better um, things that I use on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I'm never saying to you, Nate, I really got to get off of Google. I really need to stop Googling things. Well, I like this. This could be our next, uh, this could be the next um, thing that uh, I try to, to help you work through as you've talked about before, how you're not necessarily feeling good about being a Facebook owner. Yeah. Start this market here in this episode that this may be me working on you to, to uh, get rid of Facebook and yeah, feel good about owning, uh, owning Google. Google. Yeah. yeah. Meantime. Drink that Ducati. Yeah. Just trying to redeem myself for pronouncing it correct. <laughs> Try to find us at, at Two Buds Talk Stocks on Twitter, Instagram, even though Facebook it's, owns yeah, Instagram. We, bash that we just spend my bash that too. But and more then, importantly, two buds talk stocks at gmail.com. Yeah, now we're, we're talking. Emailing us. All, all right. right. Nate, good stuff, man. I'll talk to you soon, bro. Later. Take care.